Is this thing on? Welcome back to podcast by students for students. I'm Brian Hearn, and today I'm joined by Amanda Strickland, who's my co-host. How are you doing, Amanda? I'm good. How are you, Brian? I'm doing well. And joining me, us today are Adam McGregor, who's a professor and a program coordinator in the, stu- in the School of Business at SLC Kingston Campus. How are you doing, Adam? Very good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. And Deanna Davies, who's a pro- program coordinator, a project management graduate certificate program faculty. God, thank God I got that out. <laughs> at the School of Business as well. And how are you doing, Deanna? Hi there. I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me this morning. I'm really excited to have this on. And today we're going to be talking about some study tips and tricks for exams and finals. But before we get to that, last time I saw you, Dan, I think it was the summer, and we were talking about the school year coming. How's it been going for you so far? For the school year? It's, it's yeah. been interesting. It's been interesting. You know, it, it's new for all of us. Um, so, you know, as I often say to a lot of my students, this is like a, a roller coaster, right? <laughs> At the beginning, I think all of us, and you get to climbing that hill, screaming of terror. Um, and, and now we're heading into week 10. And I think we're actually starting to enjoy this. Uh, it's a new world. And uh, we've all adjusted. So, so thank you for asking. It's been going really, really well. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, I, I feel the same kind of way. Adam, how about you? Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, we're, uh, I think we're all kind of finding our stride a little bit more and more now and uh, sort of embracing this as an opportunity to, uh, you know, push our employability skills, become more digitally literate. And, uh, you know, it's it started as a problem in March. And I think it's really blossomed into an opportunity at this point that people are really leaning into. So it's yeah. been... Uh, it's been nice. It's, it's, you know, not how I want to work for the rest of my life, certainly, but I think it's been a great opportunity and uh, uh, great learning for me, too. Uh, I understand that. Uh, I, I've been feeling the same kind of way. And Amanda, how, how are you feeling with this so far? Like, how are you feeling coming into the exam season and everything? Um, I think starting to hit my stride, like getting all that organized. I know when we went online last year, it was, okay, what do we do? How do we do this? And yeah. like, I think that experience has helped prepare for this year. And it's like, okay, now we know how this works. We can plan for this. So I think it's been definitely effective to have done it a bit last year coming into this year, especially for preparation for this time of year. <laughs> no doubt. All right. So hopefully we're going to give you guys some good information on studying for finals, especially for those of you in your first year or who haven't had finals yet. So I'm going to ask... First, the most obvious question, how would you guys recommend students go about studying for finals? Do you want to go first, Deanna? (laughs) Sure, sure. Um, You know, I'm reflecting on this question, and and I think it all depends on the student, quite honestly. Um, But, you know, there are always some tips and tricks that we can all share um, that can help to make the journey to the end a little bit easier. And so, you know, I was thinking about this in the sense that, you know, um, making sure you're planning. Um, don't wait until the end. Procrastination um, is a, a really bad habit to be in, and we've all been there before. Um, so making sure that you're planning, um, make sure you take time out and little tiny goals along the way of what you absorb. Now, how do you do that? Um, you can write it out, um, and you can quiz yourself or find a study buddy. Um, finding that study buddy does seem to help quite a bit and you get to really verbalize and then also write out as well. 
Um, but again, um, space out the practicing. Don't wait until that last week for the practicing. You've got week 10 now. Um, you know what's coming up. So do, the, do a bit of practicing and planning. Yeah, and I think um, if I could just pick up where, where Deanna was talking about having a study buddy, I think, you know, if you, if you sort of treat it like somebody that you go to the gym with, it, somebody that keeps you accountable, someone that holds you uh, to your goals, and often I would choose somebody that has similar goals to you, who might be a friend, might not be, but uh, I think certainly having, being accountable to someone other than yourself can be motivating, for me anyways. Uh, and then I think probably one of the best pieces of advice that I have ever received is if you treat school like your job and have a nine to five schedule rather than I have class 830 to 1030 and then I'm going to watch Netflix until dinner time, uh, which, you know, have a day like that now and then, of course. But uh, the, the more you can treat school like your job, uh, I think the better off you're going to be because you're going to take advantage of those pockets of time during the day uh, to continually be, you know, working and preparing yourself rather than leaving it all to the last minute. Um, yeah. If I can jump off of what Adam just said as well, um, sometimes as you're leading up to the end, you may find in some of your classes, there is some allotted time within your schedule class. So I always encourage my students, you're already scheduled for the class. And if you have that opportunity, spend it on that. Um, and, and you're able to then say, this is part of my schedule already. Yeah, I, I've been trying to do that throughout the year and I find it really effective. But like the study by concept is something that I kind of carry over from last year. I had a couple of different groups from my first and second sections that we kind of have some little WhatsApp chat going. And it's not like necessarily like, oh, did you get this done by this time or anything like that? But there, you have the little bit of that ability to kind of like bounce ideas off each other or get, and get at least gauge where other people are going. So that kind of gives you a barometer of how well you should be pacing yourself. Because in this environment, self-pacing is a really big thing. And, mm -hmm. and, and with that, like, do you really think there's a such thing as, as starting to prep, starting to prep for something too early? Like, can there be such a thing? Or is it, is it smart to really, as you said, just kind of draw it out over the course of the semester? Um, yeah, Adam? I, I think mm -hmm. if you consider like uh, stress as a vehicle for uh, bettering yourself. I mean, there's such a thing as too much stress. There's such a thing probably as too little stress in terms of motivating. And that's kind of where most people might be right now is it's week 10. I've got lots of time to get ready. I don't need to worry about this yet. Uh, but the idea would be to sort of head off the, the concern on the other end of the stress continuum where I'm paralyzed uh, and unable to to accomplish things. And, and so uh, is there such a thing as starting too early? I, I would say absolutely not. Is there a challenge to motivating yourself very early in the process? Yeah, I've, I've been there. We've all been there. And I'll probably be there again very soon uh, with something that I have to do. And that's fine. You know, I think, you know, the, the, the earlier you can start, the better, uh, obviously, for, for, for obvious reasons. Um, and so no, it's not never too early to start. And I really feel like the studying uh, in the traditional sense of I have a test Friday, so I need to start Monday is sort of a, is sort of backwards thinking because knowing you have a test in week five and starting studying after your first class in week one is the best way, you know, which is, you know, proven with research to actually be the most prepared you can be for that test in week four. And so to that end, you know, if it's thinking about it as I need to study for my final versus I need to review course content on an ongoing basis. If we can sort of flip the script uh, to the extent possible in, in each person's head, I think that's going to leave you better prepared for that final exam. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 
I, I want to just, um, I, I agree with you as well, Adam. And, you know, I'm, I'm really not a fan of cramming it all in. And we do know it does happen. Um, but, you know, I'm a huge fan, as both of you probably already know, of post notes. Okay. Uh, and I keep them with me all the time. And um, I often recommend to my students, um, you know, at the beginning, you know where everything is due. And so as you're doing your reading, and, and now in this online environment, it's hard because you may not have a physical textbook or your article printed out, but you can use your post notes. And so what I recommend from the beginning is to continue to learn and, and just take down the notes on that post note, summarize that chapter. That way, when you get to your finals, you're not going back to one and rereading everything. You've already captured it. And uh, it's pretty cool. And especially even at the end, if you have reflective papers that are due, you literally can take your post notes and just pile them one after another. And there's your reflection framework ready for you. Um, so, you know, I, I think that there are a lot of different things that you can be doing to prepare yourself. You know it's coming. Um, and so that planning process, again, like Adam said, it's, it's easier said than done in some situations, but it is very important. I think that's a perfect segue into our next question for the use of cue cards. I know that's a really popular method of studying. So how effective do you find those? And do you have any other um, information memorization techniques that you find to be useful or helpful? Do you, do you want to start that one, Adam, or do you want me to? You go ahead. I'm probably not the best example for <laughs> um, I love cue cards. Um, and, and I often say, and I think, uh, you know, from the time we're really little, we, we do practice. Remember doing, you know, our multiplications with cue cards. Um, so I'm a huge fan of cue cards uh, and um, memorization. Wow, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I'm not that great as, as sometimes I feel like I'm Dory. Um, but, um, you know, I truly believe that um, you need to absorb the content. That's how you start to memorize it. When you can appreciate the application of the project, that makes a huge difference, or the content, projects in my head. Mm -hmm. um, that's a huge difference in, in your knowledge and you will retain it that much more. So practice and drill, practice and drill the whole way along rather than just reading and memorization. Um, but again, I think every subject is different. Yeah, I sort of take issue with the idea of memorization as a goal of learning anyways, uh, on a fundamental level. I mean, that's not, that's not what's, uh, that doesn't, that doesn't mean you're going to know it a year from now. And so if we can, if we can begin to contextualize and synthesize the things that you're supposed to memorize, I think, in effect, you're learning them, um, and therefore have memorized them. But, uh, you know, the commitment to memory as, as a process is certainly uh, part of some people's learning uh, journey. But for me, I, I just, uh, you know, that's, that's not sort of what uh, learning is for me. And, and so I can completely appreciate that in some instances, that's what you have to do to get through a class, get through a concept, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, big things for me, I, I wasn't a cue card person. I, I, I kind of might have seemed uh, a bit strange, but the best way for me to learn was a quiet space for me to talk out loud. Uh, and so often it would be myself and uh, someone in the same class, and we would explain concepts to each other. Uh, and that was, you know, if I could teach it to somebody, I knew that I knew it. And that's sort of what was a barometer for me as to whether I was ready uh, 
or prepared or had memorized a concept was if I could explain it clearly to someone else that I felt like I was in a great position to head into that exam or that test. And so, well, sometimes I would use cue cards if other people had made them. I found for me personally, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't my best way to learn. So that said, everyone's going to have their own best ways. Cue cards are great for some people, but if you're hearing the words cue cards and saying, that's not for me, know that I got through it without them too. So it's possible. Yeah. For sure. Um, just to jive off of that, the other thing that um, uh, often would work for me, and it's funny, uh, the memorization would be um, that name association. Yeah. Uh, and that would be more of that creative brain in me. And if I knew I had to memorize a certain formula, um, it would be that name association and creating acronyms. And that's, that was a great memory technique that I would use. Yeah, I think you guys have both highlighted some, some really interesting techniques. I, the, what you described, Adam, it's interesting. I, I remember reading uh, Richard Feynman's uh, autobiography and he basically explained that, that that's how he did things. He broke it down to a level of comprehension where basically you, you don't have to use any specific jargon. You can explain to a five-year-old and if you get to that level of comprehension, you truly understand the subject. So it's kind of interesting that you go about the, that same way because I, I, I try to do the same thing. And well, honestly, one way I go about that is like I say it aloud, but I try to make it into a little bit of game. So, you know, kind of setting check marks and making it so that it's like an achievable process and you're getting a tangible result from it. Like, do you guys, uh, Deanna, do you have any suggestions for kind of making studying or learning more fun or enjoyable? Um, first of all, sleep. <laughs> um, I always tend to enjoy something a little bit more when I've had a good night's sleep and or a few good night's sleeps and it's not always so easy as you're approaching finals um, but definitely um, you know the, the acronyms and the name association um, is really helpful and sometimes even uh, creating a song um, yep. because again um, it, it's it's part of that repetition uh, the whole time. So, so I think, you know, from a fun perspective, um, and that's really what, what I would do. I like it. Adam, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I had one and I'm just losing my train of mind, <laughs> but I, I like it. I, I sort of got stuck in that idea of the song because it brought me back to 3am studying in a library, trying to memorize <laughs> a, a finance formula to the tune of old McDonald's. So that, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember it, but I can hum it and picture the, the location and so on. But um, I think for me, one of the best things you can maybe do to, to, to have fun with studying is to sort of remember why you're there and, and sort of, you know, you're here because you're excited about a program. This is an opportunity for learning and bettering yourself and furthering yourself. And if you can sort of throw the pressure, and I know this is very easy for me to say because I'm not writing the test, but you throw the pressure, the, the idea of that test being you know, a marker of your learning and instead embrace it as an opportunity to showcase all of the hard work that you've done that semester. I think, you know, if you can lean into the excitement and the joy you had for your course of study, uh, instead of focusing on the pressures of the test, I think that's, you know, going to serve you better. And again, I know that's easy for me to say, and I know that's going to be impossible to remember, keep in mind at 3am the night before something, but, you know, if that can ever serve as a guiding light for you, I, I would encourage you to sort of, you know, take a step back, uh, step outside of the box that you're in, focus on the test. And, you know, this is an opportunity for you to better yourself. It's a step for you on your career journey. Uh, and it really is an opportunity to highlight and showcase the, the hard work that you've done through a semester uh, rather than a, you know, punitive measure of your, your knowledge at that time. And again, easy for me to say, I completely appreciate that you could be laughing at me right now, but that's fine too. <laughs> I, I feel exactly what you're saying. Yeah. 
I know uh, you both mentioned getting sleep and doing the 3 a.m. cram session. So now you all know that even your professors aren't outside <laughs> of that late night cram session before something. I know I've been there multiple times. Um, outside of coffee or energy drinks, how would you recommend keeping going in those late night cram sessions if they are unavoidable? Yeah, I, I keep going until you hit a point of diminishing returns. <laughs> you need to be aware of that, whatever, whatever that is. There's a threshold where every hour or every minute you're awake is actually a detriment to your ability to write that test the next morning. And so there needs to be a time where you just close the book and say, I'm not absorbing anything. I, I can't possibly, you know, digest another paragraph of information. I have to just do the best I can with what I have right now. Uh, and that's fine sometimes. Uh, one other thing I'd recommend is to, to walk away from the book, uh, which mm -hmm. might seem like a waste of time and the hardest thing to do at 3 a.m. when you're already, you know, up against the deadline, but go for a walk, get some fresh air, uh, you know, refocus yourself is, a, is another strategy I, I would actively encourage you to do. Yeah, I, I would agree with, with Adam um, there. You know, you have to have that self-awareness piece. You need to know at what point am I not absorbing this? And you need to know that you have to have the sleep mm -hmm. in order to retain and allow your body to absorb what you have been putting it through um, during that whole study period. Um, taking the physical breaks, getting fresh air, so, so important. Um, and it's so easy for you to forget to do that um, and fueling yourself, having water with you at all times, fueling your brain, fueling your, your energy as well. So making sure that you're getting that physical um, outlet, walking, um, something like that to take that break for sure. Yeah. 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 There comes a point where a C with the knowledge that you have is better than a worse mark with, you know, the lack of sleep and the lack of brain function you're creating for yourself. And, and that sort of, you need to, you need to keep that in mind. So anyways, yeah. I, I've definitely found that it's, it's hard to do, but I know what you mean, walking away and kind of giving yourself that chance to really like, giving your, chance, your brain a chance to kind of like compile the information you've had and actually like put it in the proper spot. Like, and essentially you guys talk about that. So one thing I've learned is there, there's a big difference between studying for the test and learning information. Like, Adam, can you kind of highlight some of the differences between that for some people? <laughs> With an example? Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, th I think if I look back at my university transcript, I'll see a class with an A and the course title and not be able to tell you what happened in that class and that's an example of you did really well on a test but did you yeah. you know did it was the lifelong learning that obviously should be the goal uh there and, and sort of you know that's as much my fault I would argue as as the class itself because was I the person that went home after every class and sort of consolidated my notes and made it learning not memorization mm -hmm. you know I'll, I'll own that a little bit as well um but certainly I think in how you approach your schoolwork, the, the, the concept here and, the, and the, what the college is trying to impart you with is knowledge for a career uh, journey. And ultimately it's, it's up to the student as much as it is up to me. And I hope that I'm designing courses with uh, you know, the Adam McGregors of, of the student world in mind, but you know, <laughs> you've, you've got to sort of take ownership of, over your learning and make it a goal of your, your journey, not to do well on a test, but to absorb and to retain and to, and to learn. So yes, there's a difference, you know, you can do really well on a test, 
Uh, and if I gave you that same test a week later, fail it. And that was obviously not, you know, good learning. And, and so as much as I would encourage my colleagues to consider, you know, how we design our courses and, and deadlines and due dates and so on to, to scaffold and structure for deep learning and understanding versus memorization, uh, I think that students can also own part of this and, and make it their goal to learn rather than their goal to perform on a test. Mm -hmm. yeah, like, I've definitely done both. Uh, and this year I've really been trying to make a more concerted effort to like actually retain the information. And like I've, one of the biggest things I've been finding helping is placing the information and like how I will view it as important in my future going forward. Because some of these things, obviously it is like almost a deferred gain from it. So being able to place that in a way of like, you know, I might be able to use this in the road or this, this could lead to a different path I'm not really examining right now. And looking at it that way instead of, oh, I need to get this good grade. I think that really, really helps. Deanna, do you have any thoughts on this or? Yeah, you know, and, and, and looking at it like an investment, um, yeah. you've invested in um, your education and taking that mature lens of knowing how can I apply this to my future? If I'm only memorizing it for that one particular test, as Adam says, you can go back and say, sure, it looked like an A, but I have no idea what happened in that class. And we've all been there. Um, but if, you know, from the beginning, if you can look at it with a very different lens of saying, what can I get out of this class for me? That's back to the what's in it for me. And that's not selfish. That's actually protecting your investment in education. And um, when you can absorb it and apply it to something that is real to you. Um, it makes such a difference rather than worrying about the end and having to memorize to cram it just to pass that test. Yeah, and, and Brian, I, I really like what you said there. And I, I would encourage all students to hold faculty accountable to say, why is this relevant? What does it mean? Because uh, that's ultimately what our job is. And I love when I get questions like that. Okay, you taught this, Adam, but why does it matter? Um, and, and, and that's going to help you to understand, you know, why it's important and, and possibly, you know, encourage you to spend more time on something that you might not have. And so, you know, if you ever want to know the answer to that question, ask is, is something I would really encourage you to do. And, and with respect to education being an investment, I, I'd like to touch on that again, too, that, um, you know, it's not just the price of tuition that, that it's cost you to be in school this year. It's the salary that you've foregone uh, and, and the opportunity cost that's associated with it. And even working at a minimum wage job, you know, you would have been making somewhere between 30 and $35,000 this year. So it's not just that you paid X number of dollars in tuition, it's that you sacrifice thirty to $35,000 in potential income. And, and so the investment into schooling that everyone has made is significant. And it's up to you uh, to an extent to make sure that you're getting a return on that investment. And, you know, it's as much as sometimes, you know, you might be distracted by uh, social life, entertainment and whatnot. And of course, we all are, were and continue to be uh, keeping that in mind and, and it can really help you to stay focused. Yeah, I definitely like the point that you made about asking your professor, you know, why is this relevant to me? Because I know in high school, when we didn't have like that kind of narrowed field of what we were studying for our futures, in one of my math classes, we were learning a concept and my teacher went around and asked each of us what we were doing for post-secondary. And mm -hmm. only one person needed the concept we were learning for post-secondary and he was going into engineering. So I mm -hmm. think that's definitely really important to know like why you're studying this and I know coming out of high school uh, 
you're getting a lot more information that's more relevant to you. And sometimes that can be like a little bit of an information overload at times. So do you have any advice for students who are feeling like they're just having so much information piled on them, on them and are daunted by like the amount of work that they have to complete? You can go first if you want to, yeah. <laughs> okay. I apologize, the sun keeps coming out, so it's changing oh, my lighting behind me. I've been watching um, that, that whole battle, it's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> um, you know, you know, Amanda, you know, that overwhelming feeling, um, you know, is very normal. And, um, you know, regardless of whether you're, you're a student or whether you're even um, in your full-time career, mm -hmm. we all experience that at some point. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of emotional intelligence and understanding that self-awareness piece and what works for you. And so, you know, having that ability to stop and pause and, and know we don't need to rifle through something, stop, pause and reflect. Um, and when you have that opportunity to do it, as some of you may remember, again, you know, I always say, climb to the top of the ladder, take a look at what options you have. You can't do that if you're running hard on the treadmill. So make sure that you take that time to pause and reflect and to plan what your next steps are going to be. It's all strategy, really, but it's strategy for you. Uh, find out where that energy is for you and can you tackle small things first so that's off the plate? Or do you want to tackle the big, big one that's making you lose sleep? Get that one out of the way and then move forward. So it's individual for sure, but it's having that self-awareness, what works for me. Yeah, I, I think, you know, milestoning things, right? It, it, rather than say, I have to write a 10,000 word something, it's I have to write an introduction today and I have to write, uh, you know, the abstract tomorrow and so on, whatever it is, uh, compartmentalizing things and chunking it out. And I think, you know, as Deanna mentioned, being able to see the forest through the trees uh, and, and being able to step back and, and create priorities and accomplishable list of tasks for a day. Uh, you know, if you've got 35 hours of something to do in a 24 hour day, it's not going to happen. So <laughs> cut, cut, cut and focus, right? I think, you know, I feel overwhelmed on an almost daily basis as most people tend to, uh, especially during this time, but it's a matter of sort of uh, chunking things up. What can mm -hmm. I, you know, how much time do I have today? What has to be accomplished? What would be nice to be accomplished? And then creating a schedule. And then after you've done that, let the rest go because you're not going to solve the world's problems today. And um, this is what you can accomplish. And that gives you a feeling that you've actually got something done rather than I've still got so much more to do. Celebrate the little things is another big thing. You know, if you get something done, give yourself a pat on the back, eat some ice cream, I don't know, do what you got to do to sort of celebrate that because little wins are little wins and they deserve to be celebrated. So. Yeah. And if I can add to that as well, um, you know, your semester, look at it like a marathon. And um, as you are thinking about that end, and when you become overwhelmed, you have to reflect too, have I eaten? Mm -hmm. What have I eaten? Have I drank water? Those are the kind of things, have you fueled your body and your brain enough to be able to sustain what you need to accomplish in the end? And I know that sounds easier said than done in some days, but when we have that opportunity to push pause, we can say, how have I actually fueled myself? If we were going in a car, you would stop and get some fuel. 
So, so look at your body, like the vessel that's getting you to the end. And that's your, your mind, your body and your soul too. So it's really, really important that you are fueling yourself. Yeah. And on that note, I can still remember, you know, studying till 530 in the morning, setting an alarm for 745 to get into my clothes and run to campus to write an exam. And, you know, an hour and a half into a three and a half hour exam, having not eaten anything and subsisted on caffeine for the 12 hours prior, like I hit a wall that was just awful. And I never wanted to do that again. So if you're going to study through the night, give yourself an hour before you actually need to do that test, that exam, Uh, have a shower, first of all, for you and for everyone around you, and then (laughs) eat something healthy. So you're you're actually going to have the, you know, as Deanna mentioned, the energy to actually push your uh, and, and get the most out of the studying that you did. So there's, there's strategies to being uh, a bad studier, like, like some of us <laughs> tend to be sometimes, uh, that can help you still to be your best, yeah. I, I think you guys touched on a lot of things that I've been trying to do recently. I'm an older student, so I, I have had the benefit of being able to figure some things out in life. But yeah, like having some semblance of like, you know, a healthy diet and stuff helps. But honestly, taking the time for yourself, I find this critical too. Like. You know, giving yourself an hour to listen to your favorite podcast or, you know, like <laughs> to read a book or just just like go for a walk. Like these kind of things, as, as Dean said, you have to refill your soul as well as your body, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not giving yourself those little moments or, you know, like acknowledging those little wins as you're talking about, Adam, you're not going to have the energy to fight, that up, fight up that big mountain. So you have to give yourself the time. And which is obviously something we're all in crunch with now going into the end of the exam season. So how do finals differ from exams in high school and how are they the same? Like, uh, I, don't, I think, you know, if I think back to when I first uh, wrote my first uh, exams in university uh, some time ago now, but it was just the, 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 the stress and the perception of, of the exam being, you know, directly tied to your career and your, you know, the, the, the stakes seemed higher. Uh, but when you sort of step back and, and sort of analyze it, you, you're preparing for some sort of cumulative or non-cumulative assessment of uh, the knowledge that you've retained through a semester. And ultimately, it's just a, a possibly bigger version of what you already did in high school. Um, you know, it, it's natural to feel more intimidated by it. And, and that's completely normal and okay. Um, but it's, it's the same thing. It's just a test. You know, if you can step back and just tell you it's just a test. You know, a B here or an A here or a C here is not going to make, you know, a world of difference. Obviously, grades are important. Uh, passing classes are super important. Um, but, you know, if you can sort of, and it's, again, easy for me to say, removing the stress of the test and the anxiety of the test lets you focus on the task a lot more. Um, and so is it the same? Is it different? Uh, yes and no is, is unfortunately the answer I'm going to give. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Deanna? Um yeah, I would agree with you, Adam. And it's funny, I was reflecting and I can remember uh, having a conversation with one of my professors and saying, can we stop calling it a test? And she would say, what do you say? I said, because the test, the word test stresses me out. <laughs> and so I said, can we call it something else like major assignment or big assignment? Um, and so I think how you reframe it is really important. And the difference in, in my mind is your level of maturity. Mm. When you, you know, in high school, you didn't have that ability, some of, some of us, um, or that knowledge. You have so much knowledge now. And so I think it's how you reframe it, it and how you look at and, and how you actually get organized as you lead into that 
whether it's a final test or a final assignment, break it down like Adam said, break it down all the way through. And then that way at the end, it doesn't seem so big. Yeah, yeah. It, this is an opportunity for you to show how great you are, not a punitive measure of you know, your knowledge. And if you can kind of tell yourself that, whether it's true or not, I think it is true. But you know, if you can psych yourself up in that way that I'm gonna show this person marking this test, how much I learned and how much I accomplished, uh, and how capable I am uh, versus, oh gosh, they're going to try and fool me and they want me to do better. Nobody wants you to do poorly. I think that's a really Im important thing to understand. Nobody's writing a test at home, so I hope anyways, but uh, you know, how am I going to trick them and how can I make people, well, nobody's, nobody got into this job because they want to see you do poorly. Uh, and so, you know, it's not, uh, it's not meant to be uh, scary if you've been putting in the work that you're supposed to. It's just a, it's just an opportunity for you to showcase all the hard work that you've done and all the knowledge that you now have to somebody who's going to be very proud of you. I think that's some really good advice to reframe it and kind of take the stress out of it being a be all end all exam kind of thing. And from your experience as professors, what are some things about exams that you find students stress about the most? And what are some of your recommendations for kind of stress relievers for those? a good question. Well, I, I don't know. What do you stress about the most as a current student? Um, I would say it's probably kind of that be all end all, like it counts for the majority of the grades for the assignment and kind of remembering the stuff from the beginning, like the stuff towards the end, it's more fresh in your mind. Mm -hmm. Then you have to go back and refresh. Okay. What did we learn? Like six weeks ago that's going to be on this exam and kind of making sure like everything is fresh in your mind for that yeah. day. I guess, I mean, if I can offer the perspective, grades matter, especially if you, you know, are wanting to pursue further education. That's, that's not uh, going to go away. Your, your GPA matters in certain areas, but I can tell you with full and complete disclosure, I've never been asked what I got on an accounting test in second year university by an employer. So yes, it matters. Yes, you need to know. Yes, it's important. Yes, your final grade matters and it all contributes to the bigger picture. But you know, it, it, no, one's, no one's in a job interview deciding between Brian and Amanda and saying, well, Brian got a 75 and Amanda got a 72. So I think we've got our decision made. So it, you know, the, 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 the academic uh, presentation, of, the, the presentation of your academic knowledge in the form of a grade is just one piece of the whole picture that you are developing as a student at St. Lawrence or wherever you are right now. Uh, and so what, you know, what you should be focused on is your, is your complete growth as a, as a person, as an employable human being headed off into the job market. And, you know, a 75 versus a 72 on this final test is not going to be the thing that decides whether you're getting a job or not. Um, ultimately, yes, grades matter. Ultimately, you want to do your best. You want to be able to present uh, you know, a successful academic career, but, you know, at the end of the day, try and just remove some of that pressure from yourself um, to the extent you can. If I, if I had emotions here and could be clapping, I am, go I am clapping. <laughs> um, I, I could not agree more, Adam. Uh, well said. Um, and, you know, you know, one of the other things that I can remember um, also, some students would get so riled up that they would actually forget the information that they had, no, they knew. And so one of the things that I have always encouraged students when it came to tests or came to exams is put down what you know. Yeah. 
never leave anything blank. Um, explain it because sometimes we get there and we all know it's our nerves or it's our heart rate um, and we just can't remember. So put down what you do remember. So again, um, make sure that you're just never leave anything blank on there. Uh, you know, I, again, I've never met a colleague, nor have I ever said, no, that's absolutely wrong. I want to know what you're thinking, how you're <laughs> thinking. Um, because again, not everybody will remember the exact term. And quite honestly, often we'll get out and you're in the working world and you don't even use that term. Mm. But the fact that you know it and you know the concept or you know the, the fundamental value of it speaks volumes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the, how... I approach marking a test and I hope others do is how can I give you marks, not how can I take them away? And, and so even if you're writing, you know, I, I ask a question and you say, I remember it was a Tuesday. I was sitting in the middle of the class. This was the <laughs> example you gave, but I cannot tell you for the life of me exactly what it was. I might send you an email and say, come see me in my office. And, uh, you know, with the pressure removed, with the stakes, you know, not being as high. Do you remember now? Oh, you do? Perfect. Let me give you the marks, right? So, you know, I think the other thing to remember is that everyone's here that's working at this college to find, help you find your success. And so to what Deanna said, you know, write down whatever you remember in that area, because you don't know what, um, what, who, you know, the person marking it is going to be able to find or help you with or support you and so on. So, you know, we're all here to help you be your best and a test is just a test. And we are all human. Yeah. Nobody is perfect. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure about that one. So we busted the myth that it was perfect. We busted the myth well. that teachers are trying... Oh, that's true. It's true. <laughs> we busted the myth that, that teachers are trying to take marks away. I'm pretty sure when in doubt, B is not always right. But what are some myths about exam finals that you can help us with? Like, what are some, what are some little tips you can pass on? Oh, I'm going to need to think for a minute. I think I do too. <laughs> Oh, like the Jeopardy music in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Do I get a buzzer? Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, we'll have to okay. add some graphics. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to go back to nobody is perfect. Um, you know, and I and I think that um, you know, making sure that you keep it human. If you can't think of a word um, or can't think of a full definition, define it in your way. Okay. Um, do the best that you can on that test for goodness sakes also if there are bonus questions <laughs> bonus questions don't leave them <laughs> they're usually the low-lying fruit so go and do them right away get them out of the way because eventually they're going to catch up with you and you may really need those um so so again don't leave anything blank always put down your thoughts and uh, don't be afraid to take a risk yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is a myth per se, but I always, uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I made was comparing myself to other people uh, instead of focusing on being my best self. And, you know, a 75 for me might be a fantastic grade and somebody else might have studied for five minutes and beat me. Um, but the, the fallacy of, of comparing yourself to another person in that regard is, is something that is going to just, just weigh on you. And I think you know, if, you're, if you admire uh, the way that somebody kind of show up cool as a cucumber and do really well on a test, uh, ask them how. I think there's so much to be learned from your colleagues and from how your, you know, your fellow classmates study. And, and you know, whether, the, whether you follow their model to precisely how they did or you pick up something that's going to work for you, I think, um, you know, 
one of the myths is that every student is the same and capable of the same. And, you know, perfection is the enemy of good and be your best self. And if that's, if you can walk out of a test saying that's the best I could have done, then that's all anyone's ever asking of you. So, you know, don't end up comparing yourself to someone who's naturally gifted or, or, you know, whatever it happens to be. If, if you can honestly say that your attempt was the best that you could offer, then you can sleep easy at night. Yeah, I know I personally find myself sometimes comparing myself to other people's standards. And I really like your advice for um, finding out like what works for them and kind of blending in with what works for you. Um, Before we sign off, do you have any stories from your time in college, (laughs) from your final season that you can remember that you'd like to pass on to the students going into theirs? (laughs) <laughs> uh sure i don't know sure, uh, i uh do i have stories i have lots of stories um <laughs> that you can tell know. adam that, yeah <laughs> that tell, unfortunately i don't know i just i i it, it seems again like i have the privilege of saying this in hindsight but uh, some of the best memories i have are the you know the laughs that you have at three thirty in the morning uh, you know, the stories that you share, having a pizza brought uh, at, at 2 a.m. when you're still sitting in the student center trying to pack away information. I think, you know, the, the, the bonding and the friendships that can happen here uh, in the hardest of times, right? The misery loves company. And, you know, yeah. for some of us, the, the, the struggle of studying is, is, is an opportunity to form some of the, the closest relationships that you uh, might be able to. And I know the challenge of, of this year presents difficulties with with uh, studying in a group or, or what have you, but, you know, the, the spend some time on teams, uh, working with your colleagues. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's again, a privilege of mine to be able to say this after the fact, but I, I can look back on the insanely stressful late nights and early mornings uh, with fondness now. Uh, and I hope that many of you will be able to do the same eventually. So, so yeah, interesting. I, I was thinking back and I, you know, I'm going to touch back on something that Adam said and, and, you know, he, he mentioned about, it doesn't really matter what the grade is. And, and when I reflect back as a student, um, I look back at some of the circumstances that may have been surrounding me. I was not a straight A student. So um, that is really important. And when I reflect back, did I know the content? Yes, I know the, knew the content. Was I great at tests? Absolutely not. I actually really was awful. I tried so hard, but I was not good at tests. But I knew the content. And so taking advantage of knowing where your strengths are, how do you get the best education you can? The test is not the be all and end all. It does not define you. And so knowing who you are and what you can take away from that and knowing that there is going to be a tomorrow, there is going to be another year, and there will be a time where you'll be able to share your knowledge in your way, not just defined by that final test. So um, I think that's one thing that was a huge takeaway for me. Um, and, you know, those late nights of, of eating craft dinner from, because uh, that's all we could afford, right? At the time <laughs> as a student. Um, so I would have craft dinner, you know, before, during, after, uh, and, um, you know, and enjoying uh, the journey um, and not to put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah, I, um, 
honestly, I, I don't test terribly, but I don't test well. But for myself, mm -hmm. I try to focus on like the writing assignments or the projects or things like the things that I have the ability to kind of use more of my research abilities and communication mm -hmm. stuff. And then if my test marks are lower, it's fine because I'm doing the best I can. And you're and yes. honestly taking advantage of extracurriculars. As we talked about, marks aren't the be all and end all. Doing other things in school, those really show up. So, you know, if you can take some time and get involved, don't worry as much about test season because there's other things you can be doing to, to burnish your, your resume and make yourself look good, right? Do you have any final thoughts, Amanda? Um, yeah, I think it's what you said is really important, not just focusing on like the grades, but also how you can enrich your experience because you're only here for a limited time. And when you look back, you're not going to remember the test. You're going to remember the connections that you made, uh, the activities that you've done. And I think that's a really important factor in being able to enjoy your experience at college for sure. Um, so I want to thank Adam and Deanna for joining us. I hope you all got some valuable advice from them. I know I did. And uh, we're wishing you all the best with your exam seasons. Your professors are rooting for you. And don't be afraid to reach out to them if you want any tips or tricks or if you want to clarify something, because that's what they're there for. They're there to help you and help you to succeed. So best of luck, everyone. And we will see you again soon. Bye. Bye-bye.